Today's devotion comes from Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 31. Our reading today focuses upon the trial of Jesus. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people and said to them, You brought this man here as one who was perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted out together, Away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! The third time he said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nurse. They will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Jesus is returned back to Pilate's custody, still in his gorgeous or elegant robe. He has been returned to Pilate by Herod's soldiers after Herod has questioned him. Pilate gathered the chief priests, the leaders, and the people and said to them, you brought me this man who is subverting the people. I have examined him in your presence, and I have not found this man to be guilty of any of the charges that you have brought against him. Pilate offers them a concession. He offers to have Jesus flogged and then to release him, for neither Pilate nor Herod has found him guilty of any crime. Now, this is an interesting insertion here that Pilate offers to have him flogged and then to release him because historically in first century Roman times, flogging was legally connected to crucifixion. As a matter of fact, before you were crucified, you were flogged. And so if you were being flogged, it wasn't to be flogged and to be released, it was to be flogged and to be crucified. The only people in the Roman controlled regions who were not flogged before crucifixion 
were women, Roman senators, and Roman soldiers. Flogging was done with an instrument. It was a stick, a short stick, and attached to the stick were uh, braided leather straps. And on the ends of these straps uh, were sharp iron balls, or small iron balls, and sharp pieces of sheep bones. They were tied to the ends of these straps at intervals so that uh, you were you were beaten in the back and all the way down to the lower back and buttocks, um, oftentimes flogged uh, to the point of skin being completely ripped off. Flogging itself often caused the death of someone who had been charged in order to undergo flogging and crucifixion. So it's interesting that Pilate would offer Jesus to be flogged and then to be released because that would not make sense. The only reason that you flogged someone was in preparation for the crucifixion. Perhaps Pilate was ineffectual and wasn't sure how to deal with Jesus and therefore kept trying to get out of trying to make a decision about how to deal with Jesus. That's probably the most likely scenario. Luke tells us that Pilate offered this as an alternative. Most likely, Pilate was already planning to put Jesus to death through crucifixion. Now, the Jewish leaders and their crowds call out for Jesus' death. They say, crucify, crucify him. And their cries for death prevail as Pilate orders Jesus to be crucified. The will of the crowd seems to deliver the verdict that the people have been calling for. Even after saying three times that Jesus is not guilty, Pilate still delivers a guilty verdict and the death penalty. That doesn't make sense. Why would a proper jurist go from three not guilties to all of a sudden guilty crucifixion? Pilate seems to be influenced by the threats of the crowd. Well, so much for justice. So just who is responsible for Jesus' death? Is it the Jewish leaders, the elders, the chief priests, the scribes? Is it, is it Pilate? Is it the crowds? Is it the soldiers? Perhaps it's Judas who betrayed Jesus. But what about Peter who denied knowing him three times? So who is responsible for Jesus' death? Luke seems to be telling us that everyone is responsible for Jesus' death. Everyone, including you and me. <clears throat> Jesus said earlier in Luke chapter 9, It is necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many terrible things, to be rejected by the elders, the priests, and the leaders of the law. He'll be killed, but on the third day he'll be raised from the dead. Luke 9:22. It is necessary. What does that mean, it is necessary? Luke then tells us that Simon of Cyrene was ordered to take up Jesus' cross to carry it for him. And then 
a great number of people followed this, this uh, entourage to, to the crucifixion, including women who were beating their breasts and wailing. And Jesus responds to their laments by saying, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves, for your children, for the dark days that are coming. The battle, the battle is here and the battle is not finished. The story of Jesus's trial leads us to see how we are all implicated in Jesus's death. So what is God calling us to today? Is God calling you to repent, to turn away from how you have lived your life or some aspect of your life and to turn to live towards a new way of life? Could that new way of life be influenced by what you are learning from Jesus? How is God calling you to respond? I pray that God will bless your reflection upon this devotion and that God will bless your day.